Welcome to Women's Thrive Podcast. This is where you'll get to hear incredible stories of female entrepreneurs, business owners, women from all walks of life. Myself, Raymond Jan, and my co-host Abigail will be interviewing incredible women, hearing inspiring stories of women from all around the world. I have no doubt that you will find something that will be life-changing for you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and join us for our future episodes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Women Thrive Podcast. My name is Ramonda Jan, and I will be your host for today's episode. And today I have a very special guest, special to me, because this young lady has been on a journey with us for more than a year. She's been a speaker at the Women Thrive Summit. She's been such an amazing part of our community at Women Thrive. And also over the last six months, we've been working on an incredible project, the Women Thrive book. So welcome, Paige Rassone. Hi, Paige. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It just like my, I'm already smiling ear to ear because being part of this community has changed my whole life and everything has unfolded perfectly as far as everything that we're up to behind the scenes. And I can't wait to talk about it today. There is so much behind the scenes. We've got so much to talk about. We were just before with this episode begun, we were behind the scenes having a conversation, just so much to chat about. And I was like, listen, let's hit record. <laughs> Because we can't be talking about all this juicy stuff behind the scenes. Our audience need to know about what's going on. <laughs> yes, yes. Paige, I don't even know if I could do justice in reading your bio, but I'm going to try, okay? And I'm gonna, I want to introduce you to our audience, especially for those who may not know you so well yet. But I have no doubt that our community members will get to know you. So Paige Rasson is a subconscious health practitioner, published writer, an award-winning impact speaker stationed in Colorado, as well as a best-selling author now. She's the founder of, and owner of her integrative practice, the Inner Realm Wellness LLC, where she aids clients around the globe in processing the emotions and memories that signal present-day stress by using over 14 different modalities from Eastern and Western medicine combined. Her work is fueled by losing a decade of her life to anorexia, depression, anxiety, self-harm, and trauma. Paige now is on a brighter side of life, I believe, and she got to recently share her story in the Women Thrive book and also on the Women Thrive stage at the summit. I'm excited to introduce Paige to you because especially for those of you who may have been through trauma or any of these things that may have affected your life, I think Paige's story is going to be really inspiring for you. Paige, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I love being here. It's different every time. And I've said before that I find that every one of these episodes catches you in a very special moment of your life that you can't get back. And yet it gets to live on forever. And so holding both of those energies at once is really special. And so I'm just really grateful to be here with you. Paige, tell me a little bit more about this experience of sharing your story with the world. I know that you've done that through the Women Through Our podcast before as well as the stage and now you get to do that on, in the book that we have recently launched. 
What was that as experience in terms of sharing your story? Honestly, for me, sharing my story in the Women Thrive book has been a dream come true. I have been vocal with the other women that I am a writer and writing was my first love coming into this life. It was my first known gift and it was really a lifeline more than anything beyond being a passion and beyond having the skill for it. It was something that I required for my survival and being so internal, contemplative, reflective in my life, I needed a place to organize and put those thoughts when I was really young. Otherwise I was going to combust. I was very secretive. I was very shy, kept to myself a lot. And I didn't have a voice naturally. And so this became my voice and I fell in love with the kinesthetics of bringing everything that was inside out. And so that said, even though I've grown in my career professionally as a writer and I've written for other big companies, I have had to chameleonically shift my skill set, which is naturally very poetic in nature. I have a very sensitive soul. And so being in the more corporate environment, writing is very different. And I've had to write about everything under the sun, the most random topics you can imagine. And so Regardless of that, coming to Women Thrive, where I have the opportunity to share my heart in the way that I always shared my heart in the privacy of my journals when I was young, was like a coming back to self. It was like a reminder of everything that I fell in love with originally about this craft. And even though I love writing and I know writing loves me, it hasn't been an easy relationship throughout my life. It almost nagged me when I tried running away from it multiple times. And so being able to share the truth of me in these pages has been like my debut. And I have said that this is the beginning of the rest of my writing career. And it has been an unmatched process, both the healing aspect of it and the logistical writing aspect of it. And Bridging all of this is like a harmony inside of myself with all the parts of me that long to be honored on a day-to-day basis. And this project has held all of that for me. And I am just forever grateful for it. Amazing. And you talk about writing on all different subjects. And as we know, to share our expertise, I guess it's easy because this is something we know and perhaps live and breathe. But it's not easy to share our story. And I know in the Women Thrive book, you really went deep with your story, with your life experiences, with difficulties that you have faced and have overcome. Tell me a little bit more about the difference between the two types of writing and what were your experiences and having to go deep and roll onto your experiences. Yeah, I will say that I have never written about myself in this way. I will say that when I was in the thick of my struggles, historically, I would go towards poetry, believe it or not. And I love poetry, but I feel that the craft of poetry in nature allows you to be more indirect. And so this was the most direct form of writing about these topics that I've never spoken about in this way. And I actually shared a moment because some of my fellow women writers challenged me to not skate over this big reveal. I wasn't even planning on talking about the moment of repressed memory 
that came to the surface and changed the whole game for me. And they were like, excuse me, please don't brush over this. This is what we need. This is the thing that people need to hear. And it challenged me to go deep in ways that I have not yet gone. I will say that I'm still fresh in my healing process as it pertains to integrating the depths of my life. Like there are aspects of my life I'm comfortable talking about. There are aspects of my life that I didn't expect to tap into here that I needed to in order to honor the work, in order to honor the readers, in order to honor this community of women that have been writing with me. And I I owed it to myself really to own that fully. And so there is still a part of me that feels like, oh my gosh, did I really do this? Did I really say this? And what's going to happen? Like people who are reading it, are they going to feel how I feel about this? And especially friends and family and loved ones in my inner circle that I know will be impacted by it. But at the end of the day, it's bigger than that. It's not just my story. It's not just about me. It's about the themes of struggle and trauma and internal wars, the invisible wounds that we all have that we suppress or repress or hate about ourselves or judge ourselves for. And those things need to be acknowledged so that somebody else can recognize themselves in that story and can heal. So it has been unlike the pragmatic writing that I've gotten used to because it's so emotional. It's so intentional and strategic and done with care. And it is not lost on me. The bigness of how, when I share my heart, I get to transform other people's hearts. And I'm still integrating that to be honest. Wow. I love that. It's just so profound when we go to those depths of our story and uncover some things in order to serve others. If and when people are reading this, your chapter in our book, what would you like for them to experience or get take away from your writing in this particular book? I love this question. To be honest, it's an emotional question because I have long suppressed the eating disorder part of me. I can say it. It's in my bio. You read it. Everyone knows it. But the talking about the day-to-day experiences, the visceral struggle, that was a deeper level of exposure and vulnerability. And I struggled to write this work because of trauma in my life, fragmenting certain memories and chronology of what happened. And I worked to transform the trajectory of this narrative in a way where it's like vignettes, where you zoom in, you zoom out. We're at age 15 and then we're at 24 and then we're at 26 and then we're back at 17. And there's a reason for all of that to provide a certain experience for other people that might know exactly what trauma feels like and how that can disrupt our experience of our own life. And that was tricky. That was tricky because we talked about different formats of how to write in maybe a more linear way where you bring people to this climactic moment and then you kind of have this resolution. And so in my fragmentation, and I know you experienced it, Ramona, the first time you read my first draft, which was all over the place. And in that, I really didn't have the proper clarity because I was so muddled with the emotions internally 
to externalize it in a, in a sound way until moving through those emotions. And regardless of the lack of clarity, I always knew how I wanted people to feel. I always could see this like Tetris puzzle of like, I'm so close. I just need to pivot certain pieces in certain ways. And I I used my inner compass, my intuition to help me get to the feeling that I wanted people to feel on the other side, regardless of the words that it would take to get me there. And so by the end of the last draft, I joke and I say like, my partner and I were bouncing up and down. We were jumping because we were so energized after hearing this work. And I felt like I could conquer the world. I was like, I've never felt this level of adrenaline before. And this is what I want people to feel. This is not a sob story. This is not a pity party. This is a reminder for you to know that you are here to heal. You are designed to heal regardless of limiting beliefs and diagnoses and life circumstances. And if I can do it, you can do it. And so I just was similar to the speaking summit, ready to leave it all out there because it's a service to the readers to know that they can do it too. And that's really what it's about. I'm so excited for the people to read this because going from that first draft and I knew there was something special in it already because you did go raw you did share some of the very very intricate details and personal things of trauma and what happened but then when I read this final draft I was like wow this is really a work of art because you bring in some of the experiences of writing right and you really share your story in such a beautiful way that I thought wow I'm like really really excited for people to read your story and get to know you on such more intimate ways you talk about writing as a bit of a tool for healing I know that has served you quite a lot in your life what would you like to share with our audience in terms of writing being a tool for healing Yeah. Thank you for asking this. There's so much here. My relationship with writing as a healing tool really has shifted in a 180 way over the years. I would say that my journals and I have stacks and stacks of them full to the brim have been my most prized possessions over the years. There's something in them that just feels completely like me, my insides being reflected outward. And at the same time, It's also been a little bit of a hiccup because when we're in really negative places and our thought patterns are all spun out, yes, it can help organize those thoughts and it can dispel that energy from the body if we're feeling anxious or stressed or fearful, like it can move some of that out the hand onto paper or onto the screen for sure. But the regurgitation of those thoughts can also keep us stuck in that energy. And so it's kind of a a double-edged sword in a way. And so I would just encourage people who do journal or who are writing about the stress of their life to be intentional and to actually track what's going on in your body when you're writing. Because if it's activating you in a negative way, I would see if there's other methods of grounding and meditation that would better serve. If it's something that does offer that release, fantastic. 
I find that that release happens when we're able to be integrated in our mind and body while we're writing. But if we're not, and we're writing from a disembodied place, the mind is going to run away with us. And so I loved, like I said, writing poetry because that was very artistic. And that allowed me in an indirect and very gentle way to go into my emotions and describe certain things about them without having literal direct thoughts run away with me. And yet sometimes when I was journaling and I'm like regurgitating what happened with mom, or I'm talking about something that happened three weeks ago, it took away my ability to be present because now I'm stuck in the past. And I created a little bit of a negative codependency with journaling because I relied so much on having to get it out at the expense of me being able to process it on my own without that tool. So I share all these nuances just so that people can maybe track a little bit more about where their energy is. Because on the flip side, everything is about intention and writing is an amazing tool for manifestation. It's an amazing tool to help rewire the brain and the thought patterns and the energy of your system and to create the life that you desire to live. And whether it's neurolinguistic reprogramming or whether it's positive affirmations, or sometimes I'll just write hundreds of times one intention for an hour and it's like stream of consciousness. And I'll just let myself be in that flow and I will come out different. And so there are containers that we can create for ourselves, but it depends where we are in our healing journey. And it depends where our self is in that process to guide us through some of our struggles. Sometimes when we're in the thick of struggle, our agency, our sense of self can get muddled with the struggle. And it's hard to know how to even guide ourselves through that. But once we can get more space and we're continuing to heal in lots of ways, not just through writing, I find that our self gets clearer and bigger and stronger. And then when we see that struggle, we can actually take ourselves through that. So writing has been monumental for me throughout my life and it continues to evolve and transform. And I haven't journaled in a really long time, but I have done the affirmations and the manifestation and the quarterly goals and the vision boards and all of those creative things that really helped me progress in my Mm. life. And sometimes I think our mind can be judgmental of our whatever we share on paper or of ourselves in general. And I think if we can be less judgmental of ourselves and just allow some things to come through us, because I do feel with writing, I personally love writing. And I love when you start writing, it just it's almost like you have to be in the process for the goodness to come out. For the downloads to happen and you have to do it it's only in the doing that all of that starts to happen and don't stop yourself or don't judge yourself or don't look and think oh what is that you know what I mean being so judgmental <laughs> oh yeah yeah I have reread recently some of my journals from really tough times in my life. To be honest, I'm just remembering in this moment because uh, one of the other women asked me yesterday how I even submitted to the book. And I was trying to transport myself to six months ago. 
And I remember after submitting to this book, I opened up my journals and I just read. And part of that was because of the trauma and the fragmentation of my life. And I was working to get a a clear concept of what I wanted to offer the world. And it's hard to do that without certain memories or with certain parts of my life that have been blacked out. And I read certain chapters of my life through these journals. And it was an amazing integration process because I could see the parts of me that got stuck in the emotion of past where my body was starting to actually feel exactly what I felt 10 years ago. And then there were other parts of me that are reading the very devastating thoughts of my life of self-loathing and self-judgment and criticism. And I could see how much I had grown And I was celebrating those moments of like, wow, I remember how I felt that day. I remember when I thought that way. I remember this exact moment, all the vivid sensations of being in that treatment center or having that conversation with mom. And to celebrate how far we've come, I feel like is a muscle that is weak for most people these days and self-included. And so I was doing research. I was gathering data to support this process. And it was so helpful. And I'm so grateful to those past parts of me that took the time to write it down through the gore and glory of that. Because again, those are moments we don't get back. And I will forever have those moments, even when they were hard to write, hard to feel. And I just treasure all of those past versions of me now. Now I look back at some of the times of my life and what would I do to go back and be able to read the emotions and the things that has happened? Because truly, we life moves so fast. And if we don't get to document it and share it, whether in our journals or in our books, time passes. And I just wish that we could right this moment right now capture that feeling capture that emotion i know you support many people with their healing journey their subconscious and conscious beliefs and and healing journeys tell me a little bit more about the work that you do and how you support others yeah so i am very passionate about serving people who struggle with depression, anxiety, trauma, and addiction, healing on a cellular level. And to heal on a cellular level, all we do is we go to the root of the exact memory that somebody may have felt unsafe or triggered or that they had a need that wasn't met. And when we have moments where we're triggered for whatever reason, the environment was unstable, we felt like we perceived something that wasn't okay, there was an invasion of boundaries, whatever happened in that instant second. Sometimes we know what it is. Sometimes we don't even know. It creates a memory that gets stored in our subconscious mind. The subconscious is 95% of our existence. And so when we get stressed in present day, we perceive it's coming from work or family or friends. And it is, but the emotions that we feel about that stress are actually coming from the original moment that we felt that way. And so we start seeing and perceiving and feeling the exact feelings and sensations and perceptions that we felt when we first felt that way. 
And so it is kind of like a time warp or this mind bending experience where you will come in in a session with me and we'll talk about the physical symptoms you're experiencing and the emotions that you're experiencing as a result of your life stress. And then we'll locate the exact root memory, whether it's from this lifetime or past lifetimes or generational trauma that you originally felt that way. And only by doing that, can we stop that pattern from continuing to show up in your present life? And we do that in an acrobatic way. We do a 16 step process every single session and we incorporate over 14 modalities from Eastern and Western medicine combined so that people can really get a holistic look at how emotions are stored scientifically and how to unlock them or heal them sustainably so that you can shift your genetic expression. You can shift your DNA to live a life of infinite potential. That's what we're all here to do. You certainly have had quite an experience in finding your own healing journey, which you talk about in the book. There's so much, there's so much that I, I want to talk to you about, but we only have so, so little time. I feel like what's next for Paige? What, what are the exciting things that you're doing and uh, perhaps other ways you're supporting people? Yeah, I am really grateful to be in this process because I fully trust that one thing leads to the next. And I know that this process is the beginning of my writing career. And I've been writing forever and I've been writing professionally, but this is the type of writing that I want to do. And so in addition to serving clients one-on-one, -on -one, I'm in the process of launching more group containers where we can do group processing, where we can do group education about the subconscious. And there are more collaborations on the horizon, especially for 2024. We are ending this year with a full-on bang. And I know that there's travel in my future. There is speaking in my future. There is creation in my future. And I've been in the process of actually discernment and saying no to the things that have kept me in this perception of safety or this illusion of security when I need to go bigger, I need to jump farther. And this community has really helped me do that. And so I'm saying no to the things that have kept me stagnant for a long time. And I'm saying yes to the scary and to the new and to the fresh. And I'm just letting that take me where it needs to go. I am celebrating you, Paige. <laughs> you. Some of the most beautiful memories I have. I remember before every summit, we do showcase events. And I remember before one of these showcases, I think it was your second one, you were reaching out to our group and you're saying, I'm really scared. I don't know how this is going to go. And you were just really reaching out for that emotional support. And I was like, all the girls jumping in, supporting you. And when you came and you delivered that five minutes talk on our stage, and you remember afterwards, I brought your talk back to the ladies in our group. And I said, watch Paige. Just watch this right here, right now. And I feel like you really left it all at the table. You went all in. 
you shared your story beautifully. You shared the emotions, the passion for what you do and the transformation. And I think we all felt it. And I said to you, Paige, this was your TEDx moment. (laughs) Yeah, I remember. And I'm, gosh, it's one thing to push yourself beyond places you thought you could go. And it's another thing to be witnessed in that. And that happened in that talk that happened in this book and continues to happen in this process. And there is still an element of surrealism of, I can't believe that I did that. And I know so many people feel this way. And my encouragement is to ask questions, like what happens if I say this? What happens if I go deeper? What happens if I do the thing that I think I shouldn't do or that I'm scared to do? And I learned so much about myself in that moment because I was recorded and I was sticking to my word and I'm recorded here sticking to my word saying I'm committing to bigger. I'm committing to better. I'm committing to not letting the fear win. And the reward of that was incredible. And the reward of this is incredible. And so you've seen me in my lows and I've lost myself in the thick of emotion multiple times of questioning myself and judging myself and feeling like it's all too much. And I go to those dark places differently than I used to go to them. I go to them knowing that they're messengers and allies and that they're transmuting whatever needs to heal for me to be that bigger, better version of myself. But sometimes we forget. And when I forget, that's the moment that I think about. And this is the moment that I think about where I owe it to myself to stick to my word. I owe it to everyone I serve to stick to my word. And it's okay. It's okay to be in the dark because I know the light is coming. But as long as I don't let that win, I know that I'm still on the path. And it's this message coming from me is so much bigger. Knowing the things that you have gone through in your life the challenges, the difficulties where you could have given up on yourself, on your health, on your healing, on your journey, and perhaps wouldn't even be here to share the story right now. And here you are, even now, still facing those scary parts or coming to the edge of your comfort zone. You're like, nope. I'm not staying in my comfort. I, I am pushing the boundaries. And there's a moment you share in a book where you threw away all your tablets that you were prescribed. And you're like, no, I, I'm going all full rebel on this. <laughs> and it's like, and you're like, caution, don't recommend anybody else doing this. <laughs> oh my gosh. It took me a really long time to honor the rebel in me. The rebel in me that was non-compliant in treatment, the rebel in me that stopped taking my medications. There was a part of me back in the day that really struggled with the rebel in me because it's counterculture, it's edgy, it's against the good girl, obedient girl phenomenon. And now, and through this book, I came to love the rebel in me because my chapter is entitled From Silence to Sovereignty. 
spinning secrets into sacred wisdom. And I live through sovereignty. Now it's one of my values. And so seeing how that rebel in me, that non-compliant part of me, it wasn't a bad part. It was actually a wise part that was like, Hey, why are you living in this supervised environment where you're being spoon fed food three times a day? Like you can take care of yourself. You can figure this out. And sometimes that shows up as such severe resistance. And we turn on ourselves because we're like, what's wrong with me that I'm feeling this way? What's wrong with me that I can't just follow the rules or I can't just show up? And I now understand that all the things I've internalized have been wise and they've been the result of experiences that I've had. And we all do that. And we all do that because we're brilliant, not because we're wrong or bad or crazy. And there is this intuition that works so hard to speak through us the best way it knows how, which sometimes looks like fear, which sometimes looks like trauma, which sometimes looks like self-sabotage or destruction or whatever it is. And when we can befriend ourselves and we can understand the role that those parts are playing for us, how can we hate them? How can we be mad at them for doing their job? So this journey has been more than the journey that people will read on paper. It has been a visible growth and also an invisible growth and a conscious process and a subconscious process. And it's bigger than I can even articulate, but as a writer, I will always try. And so I'm going to share something I've never shared before. And it's wild to say it. When it comes to writing and having books in the world, I actually wrote, I've written many manuscripts that I've never submitted anywhere. I've written many chapbooks of poetry that are soon to be published eventually, but I had this romantic idea and it's really not that romantic, but I had this idea that one day when I'm long gone, whoever it is that I've left behind, whoever it is that's still here will find my journals and they will finally discover the truth of me. They will finally know how I felt and what I thought and how I lived. And they'll understand the day-to-day visceral experience that I had that I could never share out loud. And I got to a point throughout this process, this is really what fueled my desire to write in this book, where I was like, don't wait. Don't wait until you're gone to leave a mark on the world. Don't wait until you've passed to let somebody discover you. Don't be invisible. Don't hide. And so here I am. I've learned that lesson really quick at age 30. And I'm putting out this book. This book is now out in the world. And I'm so proud that I didn't wait because there's too much to share. There's too much to feel. There's too much to heal. And we all get to do it together. Wow. Paige, from that rebel woman to being confident and just to say that I'm no longer going to wait. I am here. I have arrived. I'm going to share my story. The moments which felt crazy at times, throwing away your prescriptions, the moments that it felt mad, like, what am I doing? I think these were the times and glimpses of your self-empowerment because through that, 
you've learned your own lessons. You've learned how to take care of yourself, how to deal with your trauma and all the things that you were going through. And I think because of that rebel and taking charge of your own life, taking that rebellious action of empowerment, you're now able to use all this knowledge and experience and what you've learned along the way to actually support others. Because had you conformed to everything that was expected and given and spoon-fed to you, you would have never learned the 14 plus modalities of different healing methods. I mean, that's pretty insane. And when I hear you speak, and we've had many conversations before on your knowledge, you're so young, yet you're so experienced through your life, through your knowledge in, in experience in all of these things that you acquired. And I think it required you to be that rebel in order to serve people now. And I'm just so proud, so, so proud that you now share everything with the world unapologetically, starting with your story and hopefully never ending with sharing your wisdom with the world. Because and in any calls that we've been on, I always consult with Paige, like, Paige, what do you think? Because she has this wisdom way beyond her years. And I'm like, I need to hear Paige's opinion on this. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so sweet. And I feel that way about you too. I feel so seen by this community, by all of you women. And it's been so unique. One of the other ladies laughed about how me being a professional writer coming into this process, like really freaked her out. And I have to keep saying that even though I am a writer and I love being a writer, this process has been just as much a process for me as anyone else. And it's been equally unique to me as it has been for everyone else. And the skill is really just the smallest part of what this means. And I'm so blessed to be, you know, prior it was on a stage and here it's in a book with these women from around the world, having all walks of life and being bilingual and trilingual and writing this book in multiple languages and just having all the colors and all the textures of our energies coming together at once, because I'm all about co-creation. I'm all about this greater mystical component of why we are here at the time we're here and we're doing some work together. And it's so cool to be part of this movement. So if you take that moment now and you imagine the people around the world who may be listening to this right now, who may be picking up our book and reading it, or perhaps those people who have already read the book and helped us become a bestseller, what does it feel knowing there are people reading your story and now being impacted? So those words that you perhaps once written in your journal are out in, in the world today and people get to be inspired by your words. Firstly, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this story of our lives and for supporting this mission. And second, it's beyond humbling to get even a glimpse of the ripple effect that we've put into the world. And you and I talk about this a lot, Ray, of 
we'll get glimpses, we'll get text messages, or once in a while, we'll get feedback from people that are really impacted by us sharing our hearts. And there's nothing like that experience because it really keeps me going. It really keeps me going. It fills my heart to know that you on the other side of the screen or you on the other side of this book are feeling us, are hearing us, are seeing us. And it is for you at the end of the day. So when you, the collective, get to come back to us and connect with us, that's what it's about. And I know I'll never really understand. I know you'll never really understand. We talk about this, the invisible reach and who we've impacted and how we've truly impacted them. But I encourage for everyone that's reading this book, that wants to read this book, to reach out, to connect, because that's why we've done this, is to know who's out there, who needs to be part of this, to be part of us. And we don't exist in isolation. And like I said, it's not just my story. I want to know who else feels that this is their story, because I've written it for those people. And the last thing I'll say about that is that when it comes to this type of darkness that I speak about, I have seen other resources out there, movies, uh, books, things that when I was in the thick of my struggle, I longed for a book like this. I longed for a resource like this and I couldn't find it. Everything that I found, especially about eating disorders, which is one of the more triggering conversations for me, I feel that there's a lot of media out there, publications that really love the shock value. And with eating disorders specifically, it is a more shocking concept in nature. It's a really hard thing for a lot of people to understand unless you might struggle with it or know somebody who struggles with it. And so for me, having struggled in that way deeply, to only have triggering resources on the shelves or in the theaters or whatever was not helpful. And I think because there are creatives and artists in the world that love that shock value to create an impact, that's not the impact I want to create. I want to create impact gently with intention, with compassion, with honesty and transparency and vulnerability. And that's what I aim to do because I needed that. This is for the past versions of me that needed who I am now. And that's why I feel like the book cover too is such a beautiful representation of the inner parent, inner child relationship, because that's what I was moving through. That's who I needed to nurture throughout this process. So I'm really hoping that even though there are disturbing moments and heavy things in this chapter, they were delivered with care and that they can be felt with care as well. Beautiful. Paige, thank you so much for sharing your heart, for sharing your story, for being such a huge part of our community. I'm so excited to meet you in person very, very soon and give you the biggest hug. And I'm very excited about our audience to be able to read your story. And there's one, two requests I have. One request for someone who's reading your chapter to please reach out to Paige and let her know that you have read her story. I think that would be the biggest reward for us as authors. And two, I want you to pass on that book to somebody else. And 
share this episode. Maybe there is someone who needs to hear these words. Maybe they have their own struggles, silent struggles that we have no idea about. And it may not be to do with eating disorder. It might not be anxiety. It may not be depression, but it may be something that in this conversation will inspire them to look at their lives with a fresh pair of eyes. And hopefully with just that one or two degree shift, make a huge ripple effect in this world. And sometimes with our stories, with our words, we can save somebody and that somebody could save thousands of lives as a result of that. So this is the impact of you being here, of you reading or you listening to this episode right now and perhaps sharing it with someone like Paige who was brave enough to say, I am going to be that rebel. I am going to share my story. I'm going to step on that stage and talk from my heart. Or I will go through the years and years of journals that rip my heart apart, but I will do in the service of sharing my story with the world. So that's what I want you to do. And Paige, thank you so much for your contribution to our community. I'm eternally grateful for you. I am eternally grateful for you. You are the gift that keeps on giving. Your energy and presence and this community is what I've needed. It's what other people need. I use every excuse to call women into this platform. And so thank you as well for your light. I appreciate it. And thank you all for listening to this episode. I hope you get to share it with someone in the world. The book is out now, Women Thrive, Inspiring True Stories of Women Overcoming Adversity, Volume 2. Whilst you're there, grab Volume 1 as well and make sure you connect with all of these amazing, amazing authors, our speakers at the summit. Connect with our community. I think you will find something you never knew was out there or you never knew you needed. So head over to womenthrivesummit.com forward slash book, meet the rest of our authors, check out their interviews and make sure you share with the rest. Thank you all so much and we'll look forward to seeing you on another episode. Take care for now. Thanks, Paige. Thank you for tuning in to Women Thrive Podcast. If you found today's episode empowering and inspiring, be sure to subscribe and follow us. Better yet, leave a review and share it with others. We're committed to bringing you more stories that will empower and inspire you on your own journey. Until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and keep pursuing your dreams.